And a particular welcome to Daniel, who's with us this morning from Christians Against Poverty. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you a bit later in the service. So, yeah, we've, we've come to, to worship God. We've come together. Um, but before we do that, Tony, as I believe, is just nipping down the stairs and he's going to bring us a notice. Good morning. Um, for those that get the uh, weekly sheet by uh, email, I don't know whether you've had a look at it yet or not, uh, for those that take it um, today, um, I'd just like to um, draw your attention to something that's in it. Uh, as a leadership team, we've been uh, discussing, we've been praying uh, over uh, a, not a long, quite a few months now about increasing um, the number of leaders that we have. And uh, we've approached uh, several people and uh, I'm very pleased to say that we have two nominations to consider at the February church meeting. And um, they are Jen McAllister as uh, Deacon for Prophecy and Prayer and uh, Louise James for Deacon for Administration. So we're very pleased that uh, they felt that uh, their call uh, uh, the God's call on their life and the leader's call on their lives was the same. And so we're pleased that they have uh, offered themselves in this service. So please, as the weekly sheet says, please pray for them um, before the meeting on the 20th and that God will show us as a fellowship uh, the right thing to do on that particular day. So thank you very much. Uh, if you talk to them, please encourage them and um, tell them how pleased you are that they're willing to stand. Uh, and that will encourage them too. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. And of course, one other notice during the week has been um, the sad news that Dave, Dave Weaver um, passed away during the, the week. That's the sad news. The good news is that we know where he is. He's now with, with Jesus, uh, free from all pain and illness and all the rest of it. Uh, but we do have to keep Ros in our prayers. Um, yeah, so if you could do that in your, your own prayer time during the week, and there may be an opportunity later on this morning. But just remember Rose, as she will miss Dave so very much. So thank you. And I'm now going to hand over to Abby. Hi, yeah, I wanted to come down here. I felt it's more personal. Um, but yeah, I just was sharing with Alison and the team this morning that um, last week I had a death in the family and then I knew I was on to do the worship this week and I was just praying about it and I was like Lord I'm not feeling it <laughs> I'm not feeling the, you know that you're so great and wonderful and to worship you in spirit and truth and I was like Lord you need to help me because I just don't know what to do and I'm in my Bible reading it came up in Chronicles about how King David, um, the Lord told King David to build an altar of praise and worship to him. And he went somewhere and some, someone offered him all of the things he needed for free. Like, yeah, give all this, all this for free, for free, for free. And then David goes, no, I won't take it for free. I'll pay for it full price because what kind of offering is it to the Lord if it costs me nothing? And it kind of just hit me and it's like, sometimes there isn't the feeling of it. Sometimes it really truly is like just a sacrifice of praise 
and the Lord sort of continued to speak to me about it and just share with me that this side of eternity is the only time that we're going to have the opportunity to offer him a sacrifice of praise because in eternity there's going to be no more tear no more no more sorrow no more anything but this is the only time we can worship him and praise him through the trouble through the hardship through the pain and i just wanted to encourage um, you today as well that if you're not feeling like it's a joyous you know time and you're you're not wanting to you know shout from the rooftops you're in good company because i probably feel a bit similar but um i just wanted to encourage us that sometimes it is a sacrifice of praise and then the lord does receive it as the loving father that he is yeah thank you abby that was um yeah very challenging and uh, so let's bring our sacrifice of praise to to the lord in song
Lord, may our praise be your welcome. We thank you that you're here with us, and we do want to see you lifted high, not only in this place, but throughout the whole world. May your name be lifted high. That's our heart's desire. Amen. Do you please be seated? And I've just realized that I should probably have asked for my mic, so I will borrow. Oh, there is one here. There's one. All right.
That's all right? Oh, yes, it's on, it's on. Um, later, when the when the marriage leave, um, they're going to be learning about obedience. And uh, before they do that, I thought I would just have a few words with you. Um, let me try and get this one first. <laughs> I knew there was a reason why I wore a dress with pockets. Is that all right? Yeah? Obedience. So, all of us, I think, find that people will tell us what we ought to be doing. doesn't matter how little you are, how big you are, there will be people who tell you what you should be doing. Um, how do we decide who to listen to? Because we can't listen to them all. So I just want you to imagine um, you're, you have a little a younger brother or sister, and the two of you have been playing together, or you know, maybe playing some video game, um, you've been enjoying it, and your younger brother or sister turns to you and says, it's almost half past nine, it's time for you to go to bed. How many of you would, would go straight off to bed on the word of your younger brother or sister? No? What about if mum or dad came in and said, it's almost half past nine, it's time for you to go to bed. Who would go to bed? Well, very good. I'm glad to see our younger members would. Yeah. Because your parents have an authority, don't they? And they've been given the responsibility to look after you to help you, to help you to grow up. Um, yeah, and we should be doing what they tell us to do. Now I want you to imagine that you've, you've gone, you're walking down your road because you're going to meet a friend and his mother or, or her mother who are going to take you out for a special treat. Maybe you're going bowling and then you're going for a burger afterwards, I don't know. But as you walk along the road, you come across a tape and it says, police line, do not cross. And then you see the man or the woman who live next door to you on the other side of the tape. And they say to you, just ignore the tape, come under it. That's what I did. And then a police officer comes up and says, don't ignore the tape. Don't go under it. It's there for a reason because there's a danger down there. It's there to keep you safe. It would be dangerous if you went down there. Now there you are longing to go and meet your friend and go out for a treat. Which one do you believe? The neighbour who says, come across, that's what I did, or the police officer? Well, Sally, Sally is going to obey the police officer, which is really good. I hope the rest of you would too. Because the police officer has been given the authority. Um, the police are there to uphold the laws, to make sure that we don't break the laws and they're there to keep us safe. Your neighbour, albeit an adult, is actually telling you to do something dangerous and something very wrong. So I hope you would listen to the people in authority, and of course, the highest authority, the one that we should be listening to, is, is God. We should be listening to, to God, because we can trust him. Now, I've got something else I wanted to talk about. On the subject of following instructions and obeying, I've 
some dovetail coins and I've also got some really clean coins and somebody told me that I could clean my dirty coins, make them nice and shiny by cleaning them with vinegar. So I would like volunteers to come and help me do just that. Come on then. Now I listened to my friend and my friend said take a quarter of a cup of vinegar a lot, not a lot of vinegar, well it would be if I was putting it on my chips but it's probably not going to be a lot on there here I've got a quarter of a cup take a quarter of a cup of vinegar put it in your dish just put the lid back on I don't want the vinegar spilling all over the place take some cotton buds A dirty coin and a dirty coin. You can leave them down there in case if you don't want to risk getting vinegar on you. Right, just dip it in and wipe it around the coin. And according to my friend, it should get clean. Um, nothing's happening. Uh, could you try a bit harder? <laughs> I listened to my friend, at least I think I did, but she wrote down the instructions as well. I mean, look, can you go through it with me? Look, you will need a bowl, yeah? Cotton buds, a quarter cup of vinegar. Oh, I forgot the salt. <laughs> Pour the vinegar into the bowl. I did this, that, add the salt. Oh, oh. Isn't it just as well I've got some salt with me? <laughs> and it says, what do I have to do with the salt? Stir until the salt is dissolved. Okay. How much salt does it say? A teaspoon. A teaspoon. That's a teaspoon. Let's see. Put the salt in. Thank <laughs> you. 
<laughs> so first time we heard that yeah as no matter how old we are there will be people who are telling us what to do sometimes they will be people in authority sometimes they won't sometimes there'll be people people giving us good advice good instructions sometimes they won't but the one person we can listen to who will only ever tell us good things to do and that's Jesus so we might need to listen to God but just like I only listened to half of the instructions we need to listen carefully to what God might be saying to us and I tried to do that just with the vinegar and it didn't work and I said to them try harder and it still didn't work no matter how hard we try to obey God in our own strength doesn't work but when we add the Holy Spirit into the picture then he will enable us to listen to God to hear from God and he will give us the ability to obey what God is telling us to do thank you right after the service if you like and, and finish it. <laughs> Just turn this off. Thank you. Can we take up the offering now please? Lord God we thank you that you are the one that we can trust. Help us to listen to you. Help us to obey you through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that we do have Jesus. We thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. You have given us so much. And we thank you for everything that you give us in a tangible, um, in a tangible way, all that we need. And we ask, Lord, that you would accept this offering. Abby's already reminded us about making an offering to you. And so we, we bring this sacrifice of, of our worldly goods, Lord, and we ask that you would use them, that you would guide those who, have, make, who make the decisions as to how to use Heatherville's money. And Lord, may it be used for your purposes. Amen. Okay. It's time to go to Emerge now. So. And so we're going to, to sing again to, to bring some more worship to God.
And I invite you now, by, as you're led by the Spirit, to speak out words of, of praise to our Saviour, the one who lives in us, the one who works through us, the one who died an agonising death on the cross, that we might be forgiven. Father, we thank you that our only hope is in Jesus. We look at all our circumstances and the circumstances of the world, and they can just bring us down but we know we have a hope in Jesus. We thank you that that's the hope that Dave Weaver had this week. We know he knew where he was going. We thank you for Abby's family member, that their only hope is in you, that everything around us might crumble, but you are the one we just say at the end, everything depends on you, our hope is in you. Things are a mystery to us sometimes, Lord, but we know that our hope is in you. And you're the one that can be trusted. Amen. Amen. What a hope you have called us to, life forever giving glory to you. You give us this day, we make all things new. What a hope you have called us to, more than we ask or imagine, far beyond our boundless dreams. All you have called in Jesus Christ, in grateful hearts we receive. We pray for hearts we receive. Lord Jesus, we receive in thankful hearts the blessings that you pour out on us. Right on the gay church online. Lord Jesus, just fill us all with your Holy Spirit. Give us the joy of knowing you from this day forth. Lord, whatever we do, we're walking through the streets of your hall, whether we're out shopping somewhere else, whether we're in our homes or speaking to somebody on the phone. Lord, just let your Holy Spirit just flow out of us in, our, in what we say, the way we look. Lord, just fill us all with your Holy Spirit. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.
then sings my song, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Jesus, we thank you that you are the same today, yesterday, and forever. Lord, I just, I love the fact that this is called Sanctuary, oh Lord, because your church is this room here. But Lord, wherever we are, we are in your sanctuary, Lord. We are in your presence. It doesn't have just to be a church, Lord, in this building. Lord, I thank you that you are wherever we are, whether we're watching this on Zoom, whether we're not doing church at all today, Lord, whatever, Lord. I thank you that church is just not here well, in this building. Church is every day, everywhere. Where we are, you are churches. We thank you that you are the way maker, that you are the miracle worker, Lord. And even when we're not seeing it in our situations, in our circumstances, Lord, it does not change who you are. That you are the promise keeper, you are the light in the darkness. Yes. We thank you that you are a good, good father. Yes. And that the character of who you are does not change depending on the situation. And we thank you that we have a promise of eternal life with you. And that this, this life is only short. And that you are a good, good father and that you're with us. Father, we thank you for the gift of prayer, which can take many forms. And Father, we do want to bring before you those who need to be touched by you, whether it be healing, whether it be comfort, whether it be release from captivity of some kind or another. And so we do bring before you all those who are known to us it would be such a long list, Lord, but I do think of, of Roz, think of Abby and her family, think of Leslie Cook, think of Joyce and Dorothy. And Lord, we think too of the, the wider global situation, Lord, which does seem so dire in so many different corners of the world. But thank you that Maureen has reminded us that no matter what we see and hear and read, you are sovereign, you are Lord. And so Lord, we ask you to reveal your sovereignty in all these places where it is so badly needed. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. The passage that Daniel's going to be speaking from um, is Luke chapter seven from verse 36 to verse 50. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, 
If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he cancelled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt cancelled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for Daniel, who's come here this morning to speak to us, to share with us what you have given him to pass on to us. And we ask that uh, you will bless him as he blesses us through sharing that word with us this morning. Amen. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> um, first of all, I wanted to say thank you to you at Heather Vale, because seven years ago, I started our local CAP debt center uh, covering KT15 and KT16. And you as a church, along with All Saints over the road, and St. Paul's and St. Peter's and various others, I came alongside my little church, the King's Church on Marsh Lane, and said, we will join you in this enterprise. <clears throat> and so right from the beginning, uh, you have uh, provided me with volunteers. So thank you to the volunteers who have come and uh, worked with me over the years, seven years or so, uh, George and Mary and Brenda. And if you would like to volunteer with me, please do let me know, because it would be great to have some more on the team. You have supported me financially. Um, uh, you, you have made our local debt center one of your mission partners. And so you have uh, supported uh, the cap work financially so thank you as a church and you have prayed for this work as well now you may be thinking what do cap do what, what what's it all about maybe you know already maybe you don't i asked in the um the earlier service and there was a mixed response some people had an idea some people didn't <clears throat> so this morning i'm going to speak about this passage, but I'm also going to explain a little bit about what the work of CAP is in our local area and nationally. And I'm going to start there. Um, so over the last seven years, about 200 people locally have called our 0800 number 
and asked for the Christian charity, Christians Against Poverty, us, the church, to come and help them, which is amazing. People in our local area have said they want some help from the church. So uh, they've had an appointment in my diary, and I've gone along with a volunteer from one of my churches that support me, and we've gone to see them. And we've had a cup of tea with them, we've heard their stories, listened to where they're at and what's going on, and we have uh, collected all their financial information and sent it up to one of our experts up in head, head office, which is in Bradford, and they've had a look at their finances and come up with a plan. And we've gone back together and explained that plan to them and offered them some hope. We've offered them some prayer. We've offered them a way forward in their situation. And for many of my clients who I've met, they do feel completely hopeless. And when you go in and say, there is a way forward, there is a way out of your debt situation, there is some hope in your situation, we can help you. It's very, very powerful. And out of those 200 or so people who've called and asked for some help from us here locally in this area, 40 are walking around debt free. And that's amazing. Their lives have been transformed. I met one at the school gate when my um, youngest one was still at the primary over at St. Paul's. I saw this lady there and I thought, she looks quite familiar, um, but sort of doesn't. She looks, um, well, I'm sure I know her. Anyway, she came, I caught her eye and she came over and said, you, Christians Against Poverty, completely transformed my life. And the reason I didn't recognize her immediately, because I've got quite a good memory for faces, is because she looked completely different. She was, uh, she was healthy, where in the past she'd been unhealthy. She was, in the past, very overweight. Now she was a lot slimmer. She, her children were well and thriving. She'd moved out of a very grotty little flat above the shops in Newhall. Uh, into a much better place over in Adelston. I'm not saying anything about Newport Adelston there, by the way. <laughs> I just thought I was on dangerous ground for a minute. Not in the slightest. But that was her story and her situation. And us going in and helping her and providing her with a way forward had been the catalyst for her turning around her life. And that was absolutely amazing. And there are other client stories I'd love to share with you, and I'll pick a couple more as we go through this talk this morning. Um, so that's what we do at, at CAP, and that's how you have helped me, and that's how the work, that's what it looks like. And I've been doing this for about seven years. I was a teacher before. You might be able to tell from my style up at the, up at the front here, but I used to be a science teacher. So I was watching with great interest as, as uh, Alison was demonstrating the cleaning of the coin, thinking, oh, I wonder what's going on there. <laughs> um, I, I, um, I, having done this for seven years, I came towards last summer, uh, got towards the summertime, and I just felt like I'd lost my way a little bit. After seven years of hearing hard stories of people locally and their, their hard situations, I, I just got to the point where I didn't really think I wanted to hear another story about somebody whose life's in a bit of a mess. And so um, with the agreement of CAP, 
I took a short break, a, a, a couple of months where I wasn't seeing new clients, a little mini sabbatical. I went off to New York to see a very close friend of mine. And um, we went to his early morning prayer meeting. And at that point in time, I was struggling to pray. I was struggling to read the Bible. I was struggling to connect with God. Anyway, we went along to his early morning prayer meeting. And at that meeting, what they do is they, uh, this was um, church in the city in Manhattan. It's this massive church of thousands of people. And they have a prayer meeting every morning. So we go along. And for an hour, just read a very short passage of scripture. And just read it and meditate on it and think about it for about 20 minutes. And then we'd spend a bit of time praying on our own about what had come to mind from reading this scripture. And then we spent about 20 minutes praying out loud the things that God had spoken to us in that time. And that, I just found that really helpful, just to slow down and just spend some time with the word and with Jesus and connecting again. And I went along to his church, heard the sermon. This chap spoke incredibly quickly, but he spoke so profoundly. And one thing he, he said, which caught my eye, he said that he'd been spending months just reading one of the short letters of Paul over and over and over again. And I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I kind of race through it over and over again. Genesis to Revelation. Start at the beginning, chug, 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 all the way through. And I just thought, I'm, I'm going to spend a bit of time. Yes, shaking your head, exactly. I, I, um, I'm going to spend a bit of time just focusing on Jesus. And so that's what I did. I, I started with in, in Matthew, I just read it twice, slowly, just going a little bit each day, just spending some time thinking about it. And then Mark, and now I'm in Luke, as you can probably tell. So we've done a passage from Luke. And thing I, the, a number of things dawned on me as I was spending my time just reading those scriptures about Jesus, is that um, those encounters that he has with ordinary people give us such insight into his character and his nature. So yes, we've got the parables. Yes, we've got the narrative. He went from this place to this place and all of that. But there's a few wonderful encounters. And you can probably think of some of them, like the woman at the well and you know, all of the late raising of Lazarus and, and, and this one that we had today, where there's this lady who's lived uh, uh, well, probably a fairly normal life. Let's be honest, a normal everyday life, but described as a sinful life. And she is there and she's weeping over Jesus' feet and drying his feet with her tears and pouring perfume on it and kissing his feet. And I, I just, what I've been trying to do as I read these, these uh, stories is I've been trying to put myself in them. So now you probably listening to the story first up did exactly what I did. Imagined yourself as somebody at the table. And you can see Simon the Pharisee and you can see the other guests and you can see the lady and you can see Jesus and you're imagining the scene in your mind as the story is told. And that's, that's powerful. But then I thought, well, what, if, what would the story look like if I was the woman? What would it look like if I was the woman, I'm at Jesus' feet, I'm crying, I'm washing his feet with, well, my hair's not really long enough, um, but I'm, and I'm pouring perfume on his feet, and, I'm, and, and, that, and that was quite profound, just thinking and dwelling on that. But then I tried something else. I thought, what would it look like if I was Jesus? 
You just think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. What was it going to look like? So we don't often put ourselves in Jesus' shoes, do we? We imagine ourselves in the scene, and maybe we can put ourselves in the feet of some of the people in the scene, but to put ourselves in Jesus' feet is more tricky. But I tried to imagine myself in that place. Creator of the universe, God of all things, maker of heaven and earth, who's come down in his humanity, and someone he has created is there washing my, now my feet, as I'm imagining myself in Jesus' shoes. And I was really moved by that, about this God who we worship allows us to love him that intimately. He allows us to get that close, to weep over his feet, to wash his feet, to, to, to touch him, to kiss him, to kiss him. Oh, I, I just was quite moved by that. And it just reminded me of God's love for each of us. It's so profound and so deep and so personal. And his love for the poor is that as well, as we know from many of the scriptures that we've read and you know uh, over and over again. And you see it in this passage too, when Jesus says, he who has loved much is forgiven much. And you know, the person who's forgiven 50, the person who's given 500. I was at Christmas and um, I was at this tiny little church with my sister-in-law and her family. Um, it was, I think we, we were a group, a big family group of about 15 people who came along to this church. We more than doubled the number, but they were a terrific little church. They made us feel so welcome and they were so funny. They did this quiz. It was hilarious. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, but I was just, I, 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 the sermon may have been a wonderful sermon, but I'm sorry to say I, I kind of drifted off a little. And I found myself staring at the crib scene. They had a little crib scene, you know, with all the little porcelain or plastic figures and the hay on the... And I've, I've never bothered looking at them. I find them a bit twee and a bit whatever. Anyway, I was looking at this scene. And I was looking at the characters, looking at Jesus, and then started thinking about, here was the God of the universe, and he has chosen to be born here in this way. And he has chosen to announce his birth to the shepherds on the hills and in amongst the animals. This is our God. This is our God. He loves the poor and he, he wants to encounter them and he wants to be with them and he wants to love them and bless them and draw them into his love and his blessing. And the amazing thing is we have so far 200 local people who said, I want the church to come and help me. Isn't that amazing? And you think, I don't know about you, but lots of people from the front in my life as a Christian have said, I've got to do more evangelism. We've got to go out there and tell people the good news of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I find that a bit awkward, and a bit uncomfortable. Some people are gifted at it and bless you. And I pray the more people will be gifted at it, but I just, it just feels clunky. But here, We've got 200 local people who've called a Christian charity. It's in the name, Christians Against Poverty. They even receive a letter from head office which says, when we come, we may well pray, offer to pray with you. We may well share a little bit of our faith with you. And they've said, yes, come. 
it's on a plate really, isn't it? They've let us come in to help them. And here is a chance to do so. And thank you that you've joined me in this project and that you've come as a church and said, yes, we want to do this. If you would like to join my team and become one of my volunteers as well, please let me know. Uh, I work Monday to Friday, nine till five. So if you work full time, it's tricky. But if you're retired or you've got time or you work part time and you'd like to come and meet some of our local people who need help, who are in a bit of a place, and are calling out for help, please let me know. That would be great. It'd be great to have more volunteers. So, in all this looking at Jesus, I've recaptured, as you can probably tell, some of my love for the work that I do. I'd lost my way a little bit, and it's just, you know, I just feel really excited again about going to see people, having a cup of tea with them, offering, a, offering them some biscuits, offering them a hope, and a, a, a way out of their situation. And I haven't really looked at my notes at all and I've no idea where I am. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, let me tell you a little bit more about uh, some of the people that we've helped. So there's this another chap uh, who helped recently. He was uh, a milkman. Not very many of those around anymore. But he was a milkman. He was a lonely, middle-aged gentleman out early in the morning. And this lady was there, very, very cold day. And he pulled the milk float over and said, do you want to lift? And then she befriended him. And they became friends and he would give her lifts very regularly. He fell for her. She was an addict. She got him into what she was into. He, his life fell apart. He lost his job. He became estranged from his family. Obviously, I'm telling a long story, very, very condensed form. And a charity in Woking picked him up at some point and started to help him get his life back in order. It started to get him some help with his addiction. And they, they signposted him to CAP. So I went along and met this man. He is now debt free. He is now reconciled with his family. And he sent me a message and he said, um, I want to go to church. Can you recommend a good church for me to go to? I want to go to midnight mass. Can you tell me a good church to go to? And I just, I just find that really moving. There's another lady who I've been helping uh, for a long time. And I mean, I, it doesn't always work. I'll be honest with you, it doesn't always work. Many of my clients' lives are very, very messy. This lady, uh, she was in a very typical situation. Many of my clients are single moms. She was a single mom. Uh, dad was in and out of her life. And um, she's... Uh, struggling with raising three little children and doing doing quite well but not really budgeting at all and living on benefits and not really it just doesn't really quite work wanting to give her children the best which is true of many of my clients they want to spend lots on their children and give them the best because they feel that they haven't got much but as a consequence they're not necessarily paying their water bill the council tax the you know all the rest so they're not really working their finances in a very good way 
And she said to me, she sent me a text, uh, and she said, um, I'm thinking about coming to church. What do I wear? Now, to you, you and I, you know, we're churchgoers. We wouldn't even think that would be a question. But here's lady so unchurched. She's got no idea what it would be like to go to church, even what people would wear, what happens. We had another lady, not a cap client, who came along to one of our services and brought a bottle of wine. She brought a bottle of wine because she'd obviously done a bit of Googling and found out that there might be communion, and at communion you have wine. It's amazing, isn't it? So here, there are people out there today who really don't know anything about church, but they still have a belief in God. How do I know this? I know this because when we offer to pray with the clients, and we always do, almost all of them say, yes, I would like prayer. When I ask clients, do you have a faith? Do you believe in God? Most of them say yes. When they explain what they mean by that, it's a bit confused. Their God is a God who's a sort of good God, and they're not good enough to have this connection with God, but they still need God sometimes, and so still pray sometimes. And that's sad, isn't it? Because we know that none of us are good enough. We are all coming into his presence through his grace and his mercy and the blood shed on the cross. That's the only reason we can come. But many of, our, many of the people I meet, they don't realize. They think they're like this woman in the story who for somehow she realized Jesus was going to, she took the risk, didn't she? She took the risk and came to Jesus and said, I don't think I'm good enough, but I'm going, to, I'm going to come and love him the way that I can. And that, I think, is an incredible encouragement to us. Let's love Jesus in the best way that we can love Jesus, whatever that might be. And for some of us, that may be through worship, even when we don't want to. And thank you, Abby, for sharing what she, you did about that sacrifice. You can only give that sacrifice of prayer, praise this side of glory. I'd never thought of that. And that's silly, but that's so profound that we have an opportunity to, to give a sacrifice of some sort to God now in this life. And some, for some of us, it may be through prayer. For some of us, it may be through financially giving. Uh, you may have been blessed by the Lord with money and you've got an opportunity to give. Fantastic. If you want to give to CAP, please let me know because we could do with a little bit more. <laughs> or cap nationally. So locally, I'm funded locally, and nationally, it's funded nationally. But if you want to give to CAP as a charity, go on their website, find out how to do it. If you want to give to our local center, let me know and I will make that happen. Maybe for some of us, it's through prayer. Maybe for some of us, it's through acts of service. Um, the next bit in, in Luke, does anybody know what happens next in, the, in Luke after the story? Bible quiz. It goes on to talk about this group of ladies who minister to the needs of the disciples financially and by providing for their needs. Isn't it fantastic? There's different ways that we can love Jesus, and each of us is going to look differently. But I guess my encouragement to you today is let's do what we can to love him more, because he's worth it. Oh. Uh, my notes don't look like this, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I have said most of it, but in totally different order. Um, can I finish by, by praying for Cap?
Is that all right? I don't. I can't remember whether I said I wanted to do that or whether somebody else was going to do that. Okay. Can is that all right? Can I finish by just praying based on the things we've talked about this morning? First of all, Lord, I pray for each and every person here, including myself, that you would help us individually to love you in the way that this woman did. Whatever that might look like, that we would be willing to love you more, to give that sacrifice. I pray too, Lord, for the people locally who've had the courage to raise their hand and say, I want help, and I want help from the church through Christians Against Poverty. I pray, Lord, for the people locally who are asking for help, that we would be able to help them in their debts, yes, but also help them to find you. I pray, Lord, for our society. So many of my clients are single mums struggling. They've got a story of domestic violence. They've got absent fathers who are making no contribution in the home to the finances or anything at all. Lord, we pray this cycle of domestic violence and absent fathers would come to an end. We pray for a restoration of families and responsibility. We pray for a change in, in the society we live in. We pray too, Lord, for CAP, that you would bless it as an organization, both locally and nationally. Pray for our new chief executive who's just started in January as he takes over, Lord, that you'd bless him. And you'd help CAP to grow so that we can help more people get out of debt and find their way to the church and find their way to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd just like to, to add a, a prayer for Daniel himself. Thank you, Lord, for Daniel. Thank you for what he's shared with us, the, the challenge that he's, he's made to us. I thank you, Lord, that you renewed that love in him for, for the work that he does. And I pray that you will continue to do that. And I do pray, Lord, for, for more volunteers. Logic tells us that just with uh, energy prices and all the rest of it, that the situation um, will easily get worse. There will be more people in debt. And so, Lord, we do ask that you would raise up the right volunteers to work alongside Daniel um, to be able to reach more and more people. But we ask for your, your continued blessing on him and on the work that he's doing in this area. Amen. We're going to close in song now. Um, yeah, Daniel reminded us that we're all sinners. None of us deserves to be able to come to Jesus. And uh, that's picked up in a way in our closing song. Everyone needs compassion, this kindness of a savior, not just this woman, not just uh, people who are making the wrong life choices. Everyone, we all need the compassion of our savior.
Jesus, we thank you for your limitless compassion to each one of us. We thank you that you did go to that cross, you did conquer the grave to bring us forgiveness. We thank you for that. We thank you for that promise of eternal life. And we thank you that you do move mountains. We thank you that you can move the mountains of poverty, of addiction, of absent fathers, of all these these issues lord and we pray that uh, you will help cap to conquer these mountains along with you lord you are such an amazing god and we thank you that all the hope that we have is in you in jesus name amen, amen.